Art Supply Posse. Our guest today is an artist who sees the beauty in what at times can be a world that is anything but beautiful, capturing it with his camera and then sharing it so others can see what he sees. Hello, Kamal. Welcome to the Art Supply Posse. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm really, really excited. Um, I love your show. I love your name, by the way. The name of the show, your name also is amazing. But like, I love our, the posse vibes, man. I just, that word for some reason, like, rouse me up. It gets me really excited. Um, so I'm happy well, to be actually, here. It's not actually my idea. So like, I took over the podcast about five and a half years ago. So it was already called The Art Supply Posse. So I, I can't take... Like I can't take credit for it, but I tell you what, uh, I have leaned in. I have leaned into you that leaned posse. In. Oh yeah, because it's great. It's just <laughs> I don't know what it is. There's something about it. It's just like really good, and kind of yeah. this tiny little tiny part of me that feels bad because I'm just a white woman, like you know, and I'm like, posse <laughs> isn't really an Aussie white woman word, but it's got art supplies attached to it, so I'm leaning in. <laughs> I'll go with it. Go with it. I'm, um, I think, uh, you know why I think it is because the word rage, like I'm a big Kid Cudi fan and that's one of his word is like the ragers, like the rage. And that's like a part of his, um, his theme or underlying theme. So I think when I hear posse, it kind of, it's like similar vibes. Like it's just a powerful word that like rouse you up. It means something. It's energy. It's togetherness. Um, so yeah, I really like it and I'm happy to be here and speak with you. I've been looking forward to this for a while and connect with your listeners, hopefully too. So tell me who, who is Kamal X? Kamal X. So Kamal X is a photographer. Um, I would call it, I would call myself a documentary photographer, um, based out of Brooklyn, New York, but I'm originally from Newark, New Jersey. Um, I've never been to best at like giving my credentials and stuff like that because I'm <laughs> I'm very in the moment but overall I would say I'm a creative that uses the medium of cameras um, to express images and stories of truth honesty um, vulnerability and just always kind of like investigating and trying to find the voice within it all I think um, growing up for me I felt like my voice in a lot of ways was never not necessarily appreciated, but I ne I definitely was very shy about sharing it. You know, I mm -hmm. felt like I always kind of thought a, l a little different than most people. So when you have a difference of opinion, oftentimes, you know, everyone says, be quiet, just follow the rules, do what I say, fit into the box. And I never really was that kind of a person growing up. So as I, you know, found myself in, grown to be the person I am today, I think that's why it's such a big important part of my artistry is to find the voice and to share my voice and be very unapologetic in it because there's a lot in society that seems to, you know, want to box things in and not give everything the respect and courtesy it deserves. And I feel like my art is always trying to push that envelope. So how did you come to photography as the best way of expressing yourself because obviously there's a there's a million different tools you can use to express creativity and, and in your case it's mm -hmm. photography so how how did photography come to be your thing um i think it it's a co-creative space um i'm a big uh I, I often you know champion the fact that you should find things that come natural to you 
um, mm-hmm. because the things that come natural to you often, if you spend the time and dedication to become skilled in your talents, you'll be surprised where things can go. I learned that from older people that have been doing things that I look up to. I remember Will Smith, actually. Bless his heart now. He's going through a lot. But I remember... Um, <laughs> He is and was definitely a big hero for me growing up. And he um, had a quote talking about like the difference between um, a talent versus a skill, you know, and getting from being good at something to being a master, quote unquote, of something. And for me, I think I always had a, a, a draw to uh, movies. I grew up going to the movies all the time. I've seen like so many movies. It's kind of crazy. Um, I always was the friend growing up that would have the disposable camera that would have like little photo albums of everyone. I was randomly in the school newspaper. I still don't believe how that happened because I was not the kid you would think would be doing that. Like, um, so I think there always has been a draw to like documentary, real life recording moments. So I guess as I got to a point where, you know, I think I was around like 26. No. Mm, no around like 29 i think i really started picking up the camera and getting serious i guess like it was already the the framework was kind of there but i had to just push it to the next level you know and as things started to open up and people started saying hey man you're on to something hey you're an artist and i was feeling really insecure about that but then i said to myself like no i do love this i i watch like i'm always watching films i'm always looking at photography like maybe i got something and thankfully that choice is where I, why I'm here today and celebrating this new book, Black Astronaut, that just came out. So I'm excited. Yeah. But yeah, the camera is where it's at for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm, let's let's jump straight to it. I was gonna I was gonna wait on the book, but let's go there now because I, I have had a look uh, online at it, and it's it's fascinating and it's extraordinary. It's beautiful and and like like when I was just browsing through your work, I just kept thinking that. Every photo, regardless of what the actual subject matter is, feels incredibly powerful to me. And I'm sort of, I'm curious to know how, how do you think you're capturing that strength, that, that beauty, even if, you know, it's sometimes they're gritty and it's, it's, you know, life is life, right? Mm-hmm. Like as you're saying about capturing the everyday, it's, it's not always mm-hmm. that perfection that we see online. And yet somehow you mm-hmm. still manage to draw that out of your subjects. How do you do that? To be honest, I'm not going to say there's, there's a, there's a, there's a bit of luck involved, not going to lie. Um, mm-hmm. But beyond that and more true is I'm a firm believer in you can't create anything outside of yourself that you haven't kind of like made peace at within yourself. And for me, I had a very uh, rocky, turbulent upbringing. Like I said a little bit about the whole voice thing and, you know, Mm -hmm. feeling like I was kind of caged in my own body, so to speak, in terms of just my thoughts and what I thought, you know, my views on just the world and who I was. You know, I tried to keep fitting into these boxes that never fit. And when I broke free of that, you know, it was very liberating for me in many ways. And to get to that point, I had to dive really deep into some emotional baggage that I just didn't even know how to handle, you know, from the, the upbringing to, you know, finding myself as a young man to, you know, trying to find forgiveness in the things that I did wrong too, you know, mm-hmm. and I got a lot of help with that in my early to mid twenties. 
And I really like faced it all. Like, I mean, everything that I've been through up to that point, I faced it, like put it, the mirror right in front of me. This is it. And got help to deal with it, you know? And I think that was honestly something that truly um, helps me in terms of my visual storytelling, because it's like, because I've been there and I've experienced so many different emotions, I think I have this ability to recognize it when it's happening in front of me. You know, mm-hmm. because I've I've made peace with certain things, I've faced certain things, like like understanding the rage is one thing, but knowing the the sorrow and pain that's beneath the rage, you know. So when I see someone yelling and I know like I understand that point for sure, but I know there's something else there too. And I'm waiting yeah. for that. You know, so it's kinda like having an emotional intelligence. Um, and it's like a conversation you're having, like an outer body experience with the world around you. And I also, again, lots and lots of movies, <laughs> lots mm-hmm. of movies. And it's like kind of deeply ingrained in me to just know what scenes look like, know what, you know, gets me emotionally, lifts me. And another thing I'll add is, um, when, uh, when, I, in my beginning, a photographer gave this, uh, this, um, instruction or guidance and it really held true to me and he was like why are you taking like you know you can as a photographer you can go out and take hundreds thousands of photos and maybe two of them matter maybe and he was just saying why are you taking pictures of the things that don't move you why do you have a photo with two thousand three thousand a filled up hard drive or sd card but only two of the things in there were things that actually moved you like put the camera down be disciplined and wait till you find something that matters. So you're not just wasting clicks, you know? So I think that also, and that was in the beginning for me. So I think that also kind of trained me to just like, I don't take pictures just to take them. Like there's plenty of times I go out with friends and they're like, why are you not taking pictures? I'm like, no offense to y'all. I love y'all, but this ain't moving. This this ain't, this ain't, (laughs) this isn't doing nothing for me. So, you know, I've learned to be kind of have discernment with my lens. Yeah. So how did Black Astronaut come to be? Like, was it was it a feeling, was it something you were drawn to and, you know, you found yourself building this body of work that then became the book? Like, let's, can, mm. can you share with us that process? Yeah, definitely. Um, like when George Floyd was happened and d- the pandemic and I was in Oakland, California at the time, and... You know, I remember when George Floyd, we saw that video mm-hmm. in my mind, I just was like, I have to do something, you know, like yeah. there's so many people, so many times you see injustice and oftentimes we can't do much. Maybe we can vote, you know, yeah. um, but in terms of being able to actually do something in the moment, that's it's rare, you know, and that's not, and that's a, it's nothing wrong with that. There's just the reality of dealing with injustice sometimes. And for me, I knew I was a photographer. Like I actually do something that can help this. And I felt like um, a lot of the photography that was being taken, it didn't seem like, again, what I, about the rage and the, the pain beneath the rage. I didn't feel like people were getting into the story behind the story. I felt like it was all about the rage, burning up cars and all that stuff. But I was like, no one's really sharing the voice of what, what this is really about. So I felt like I took the responsibility to just like, then you do it, you know, you, you go out there and find mm-hmm. that information and insert. And, and even if it, I wasn't even sure if it was out there. So it was like an investigation. It was like, I just want to see for myself and st- share my story as this, in this moment in history. And that went from, you know, me thinking I would just maybe 
record the the protests in Oakland, maybe LA. And then it just something came over me and I started traveling. I went to DC. I went to um I was in Dallas. I went to New York. Um LA. so I just ended up traveling. Like and this is in the midst of COVID and we don't have a vaccine. <laughs> this is where airports are empty, flights are empty, hotels are like scary to stay in with air purifiers mm-hmm. everywhere. So it was a very big um risk in my mind, but in my mind I also knew the story deserved all of me. Um, and I want to say as that became a couple months to a year, ended up being, as it says in a book, it's 120 weeks of shooting mm-hmm. across America, yeah. um, nine states, 13 cities. And it around, I would say midway through, did I start to see, no, no, not even, maybe 75% through, did I start to see that, okay, like this should be a book. Um, this yeah. is a large body of work. I'm kind of like getting outside of tunnel vision. I'm cause as I'm shooting, I'm in tunnel vision. I don't think about the bigger picture. I'm just in the picture. Um, and I said to myself, do you want to do a book that will be kind of like not cliche, but the, the standard America and crisis, America and rage, or do you want to be abstract and really lean into yourself? You know, and I wanted to lean into myself. I wanted something unique. I wanted something that would excite me because I've read and been through so many photography books about civil rights and things of that nature. So I definitely wanted this to feel like I was adding to the conversation, you know, and I came up with Black Astronaut mainly because, you know, if you think about the astronaut's reality in terms of the air being, you know, can kill you. Well, no air, actually. There's no air. (laughs) And you're going out into space and everything can kill you. You have this suit that's giving you access and you're this person on a mission. I feel like that's exactly what was going on in in Oakland. When I left my apartment, you know, I had all this face gear on, visor glasses, gloves, long sleeve shirts, because I'm just freaking out about COVID. And Mm I felt like I was my own little astronaut and definitely the world America definitely didn't seem like the world I knew. I was like, I don't know what this place is. This isn't what I saw before 2020. So I felt like I was a man on a mission going to the outer space, honestly. And I think coming up with that concept kind of helped me too, because it just gave me some bravery, if that makes sense. Like to kind of, sometimes you got to shift your perspective on things to just like quiet down the noise, you know? Well, it, it, it's an incredibly unique situation because on the one hand you've got all the horrific stuff with George Floyd and, and everything that come from that, but then on the other hand the unknown of COVID and the unknown of yeah. what it could do to the individual, like to your, just, just thinking of yourself stepping out. And, yeah, okay, so you mm-hmm. were kitted up in your little astronaut suit, but still for a while there none of us really knew if any of this stuff was going to help us like you know it was a it was right. such an unknown that's right. that's that's a unique set of circumstances that may never happen again and honestly that would be great if it didn't because we don't need right. I'm we with don't you need on that. more I'm of with this you on that. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it but then on the other the other side of that too is you braved it all and you've got this incredible body of work that had you have thought, nah, you know what, I'm just going to take the easy road and I'm just not going to go and do this, we wouldn't have it. And that I think the mm. world would be a lesser place for that. Mm. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that with me. Um, and it's very true. There's a, um, I had a friend 
she's a doctor. She said something that was really, really um, impactful to me um, that kind of inspired me to continue to push. And I think this is probably true for every other person that puts themselves in dangerous situations and things of that nature for the for a bigger cause. Um, when COVID happened, I remember she said to me, I'm so mad because she was in med school at that point. She couldn't actually be like on the front lines with oh. everything. And I remember mm-hmm. saying to myself, like, wow, don't you aren't you happy that you're not like out there, like having to deal with all those patients and putting yourself in harm's way? And she said to me, actually, no, I'm pissed off. I was like, what? She's like, yeah, mm-hmm. like you don't become a doctor because you just want to if it's if you really want to be a doctor for real and it's really in you. You have a call in you to step up for people when they need help. Like you put your life on the line because that's what you really care about. And I was like, wow. Like she really was aggravated that she couldn't be helping out. And I'm like, doesn't that say something about when you have a certain kind of calling or you Mm -hmm. perceive yourself having a certain kind of purpose? It's like when it's really who you are, it's something in you ignites and wants you to put yourself in those positions. Now, I'm not going to put myself in war. Okay, me personally, but and I respect those that do that. (laughs) But I understand the call, though. I think we all have our call. We all have something in us that pushes us beyond the limits that everyone else would say. You really going to do that? And you're like, yeah, I am because this is it's in me, you know, so Mm. I I appreciate your words. And it definitely for me, that's what this was. It definitely was a call that I had to answer for sure. I think that's one of the things about art regardless of what your medium is, is it's a really powerful way to to get into yourself but also to sort of reflect the world. Like, you know, one of the things I've been thinking about lately is where are all the, and I don't mean to generalise but I kind of am, I guess, is where are all the artists angry at what's going on and what has been going mm. on for the past few years? Like just even just thinking about, Trump America, like where uh, mm-hmm. there were artists, of course there were, and I'm not saying there wasn't, but I, I don't know, I kind of think, and I wonder if part of part of my thoughts is like, you know, when I'm questioning where where is the, um, you know, the anger and the songs about, you know, um, what's going on with corruption and all that sort of stuff, and I wonder if mm-hmm. part of it is we don't see it because we're living it. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, we look back on the 70s and the 60s and all that sort of stuff and, you know, that was when everyone was protesting. And But I wonder, did did the people then feel that at the time or was it just part of, like, I don't know, it's a a bigger subject, I suppose, and it's a bigger topic, but it's, it's sort of been floating around in my mind and I think artists have a unique way to tap into what's going on right now and doing as you did with with your work showing the mm. world and and remembering it long after it's done right i i agree 100 percent. actually i'm happy you said that because to be honest um i've noticed it too where i'm seeing less of a voice being voices being used in a way that i feel like is truly impactful like really hmm. in the in the times and really kind of brings you a sense of life, a sense of remembering, a sense of like, ah, someone, I don't know, I don't have the words to express this. I don't have the the capability to put that in a piece of art. But when I seen someone do X, Y, Z, it gives, it's like, okay, yes. Like when you hear a song yeah. that just perfectly, you know, expresses your emotions, 
Like you can't put mm-hmm. them together, but some artists made that song. It's like, yes, that's it. And I feel like yeah. in terms of the visual medium and even no, all mediums of art, I feel like there has been, and I say this with love and compassion, but there seems to be a bit of a decline. And I don't think it's because people aren't capable. I'm wondering, is it has, does it have to do with, you know, social engineering as it relates to mm. social media? Does it have to do with people spending less time in the real world and more time on their phones? You know, I, I one thing I know when I kind of, like I said, I, I got into tunnel vision when I did, when I was creating black astronaut and even the business side and the design and everything, it was like, I was like under a rock to make that happen. And I had to like put my phone aside to, to make sure I was, you know, really reaching within myself and creating from a pure space and not, you know, copy and pasting unconsciously or subconsciously. Um, and I look at, you know, many it just seems like individuality and voice is is slowly seeming to go on a dip you know even like i said i go to i see a lot of movies i go to a lot of movies that's my thing and the number of good movies i see is going down too like to see a good mm-hmm. movie is like it's hard to find so mm-hmm. you're seeing a, a album that's like oh wow this musical album oh, that really hit me it's like harder to find it's still out there i'm not saying that people aren't making great stuff I just think what you're saying relates to, um, I think, the power of social social media, to be honest with you. I think it's affecting the artist's eye and creativity. Yeah. Um, there's a photo in the book that um, I really love, and it kind of like encapsulates what we're talking about, or at least my point in this. Um, and it's one of my friends. He has an astronaut suit on, and there's a big banner in the background, and it says, don't be a slave to the algorithm. Okay. Um and the concept behind it is just like I said, it's like, you know, phones is a tool. It definitely is. I'm thankful for it. I wouldn't be talking to you right now if it wasn't for it. So there's definitely yep. is a strength. Um, but at the same time, don't let it take away your voice. Don't let it take away your strength. Don't let it take away your creativity and realize that you're a human being that has unlimited choices. And I'm finding more and more people are picking the same things and doing the same things. And that's boring. It really, it really is. Um, I believe when we just kind of fit into groups and we don't let our voices ring true to who we really are. If that makes any sense. I wonder if part of it too is is certainly for the smaller artists. So and 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 when I I'm actually I'm thinking music a lot is really what's got me frustrated with. Because, you know, I, I know, I, oh, look, it's crazy to think this, but U2 is what comes to mind, right? Like my age, I grew up, loved U2, still do. And mm-hmm. I think of their older stuff when they were younger and they were angry mm-hmm. and, you know, some of that stuff mm-hmm. was felt really political. And I'm like, where are they now? Like, I right. mean, they're still doing what they're doing, of course, and I'm not saying it's bad, but I'm just like artists like that have a bigger reach and they can afford to... I suppose, put out music that annoys a great deal of their listenership because, you know, they've got a lot more money than I'll, I'll ever see in my lifetime. But then I think mm. of the smaller artists who I follow and engage with and talk to online and, I, you know, social media, and I think maybe there's a – I wonder if there's a little bit of fear behind if they produce yeah. work that doesn't fit the algorithm, then they right. lose potential eyes, which means they lose potential customers. And I wonder if that's right. part of it too, like, which is really sad if that's, if that I is really, what's happening. I really believe that's the core of it. I look at the phone 
like back in the 70s and 80s when cigarettes were like the thing everyone did and no one really mm-hmm. thought it was a bad thing per se. And then we found out in the 90s and the 2000s how bad it was and cancer and all that stuff. And now you can barely go to, at least in America, you can barely go, you can't go to a restaurant and smoke at all. Like for me to see someone that smokes cigarettes is very rare because, you know, the information came out and people said, oh, okay, we need to do something about this. I think the same thing is going to happen with the phone. Like I think the, the, the impact that is having on us from a, you know, social climate from an individual uh, context. Also, I think there's things that are happening that we don't yet have the information on to show, okay, we got to slow this down. You know, like restaurants will have like no phones. You can't have a phone. Movies might start doing that. Like definitely concerts and comedy shows. They're already doing it in comedy shows when you can't bring your phone. I just, I just really do think it, it affects our our um individuality i remember i'm single right so like i've gone on a couple of there's times where i go on my dates when i'm not like working a lot like trying to meet people you know and it'll be interesting you go on these dates and you'll see that people are having the same conversations it's the same talking points and it's like how am i like in san francisco one week and then i'm in new york the next week hanging out with two completely different people that don't know anything about each other yet we're talking about the same conversation and when you mm-hmm. think about that and you look at that into the, the context, probably in different countries would be the same thing a lot of times. And it's like, and as an artist and a creative, if that's what's happening on the big scale, I'm sure it's trickling down um, and affecting us in terms of our voice and, you know, choosing to stand out there. And like you're saying, like, there is this fear you want to fit in. But I mean, is that what being an artist really is about? Are we doing this for clicks mm-hmm. and likes and and the mm-hmm. algorithm, are we doing this because we have something in us we have to get out? And I think the true artist, similar to what I said about my friend um, that's a doctor, like there's doctors that are going to be like frontline. Heck no. I want to go home to my family. And that's fine. But didn't you have your, your doctor that if a pandemic happens, they want to be frontline ready to go? You know, and yeah. I think as an artist, there's probably the same thing. There's going to be artists that really breathe and live this and know how important it is for them to get their stuff out because they can't sleep at night because they have these visions that just keep, you know, they just see it everywhere they look versus people that might, that might not be their calling. And that's fine. There's no shade on that. But I think we're going to see a dip, like the, the divide is going to be very far apart as this continues to go. And I also, I'm, I know yeah. I'm talking a lot. I'm sorry. I'm really passionate about this. Um, but one more part about that, I think that because of the fact that it's more stuff that seems to fit in together, I think those artists that are not afraid to stand out, I think you'll have a easier, not an easier, but a, a quicker climb because you're willing mm-hmm. to be different. I think mm-hmm. difference is going to stand out a lot more based on the way society seems to be going. Yeah. yeah, I'd agree. So uh, I'm curious to know, like the subject matter for for Black Astronaut, but just also in general your photography. There's obviously there's people that you photograph that you know, like you said, you know, friends, mm-hmm. but also people you don't know. How do you approach the the people on the street? Do you engage with them? Are you seeing a person they, for whatever reason, something about them captures your attention and you make that photo. Do do they know that you're there? Do they know that you're doing it? Do you tell them afterwards? Like, what's that like? Because I find it fascinating, this whole do you or don't you tell somebody thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, I would say 70% of my photos are asked. Like I, I mm-hmm. ask maybe 75, honestly. And like 25 or more, because I'm very, like I like to find personal moments. Like I'm not too much into, like I want to be in the scene. I don't want to be yeah. like far out away. Sometimes I do that. Um, but primarily I like to get eye contact. I like to get the moment. So I had to kind of just teach myself to get comfortable asking. Like you just have to, it's like a muscle. You just got to get used to it. Mm-hmm. Force yourself. The beginning was hard as heck. It was like, it was like going to ask a girl for a phone number. It was just like, uh, uh, what it, you know? And, um, but I, after a while, it just becomes like second nature. It's like, Hey, can I take your photo? And like, I find the more comfortable you are. And friendly you are, you know, and then if you, especially if you give them a compliment, because sometimes they're so confused, like, wait, me? You want a photo of me? I'm like, yeah, you look amazing. You look dope. Or this scene looks crazy right now. I'm a photographer. They get like, normally they get really flattered about it. You know, mm-hmm. and people love to take, especially with, that's probably one of the good things about Instagram. People like to take photos more, even though finding real moments is more difficult though. But um, I would say that. And then the other part of it is... um you know, you, you do similar to what I was saying about the comfortability and the emotional part that I said earlier. I think mm-hmm. you have to, when you're comfortable with what you're shooting and you feel a, you have compassion and understanding, like you're coming in to try to be understanding and be with no judgment. Like I, I, I'm very non-judgmental. Um, I think that helps create comfort too. And you'll see, you know, well, I've seen my photos get better and better as I become more comfortable in, you know, shooting and, you know, just giving everyone a chance, you know, but then there is times you got to kind of just do it, you know, like you, you can't say, Hey, I'm about to take this photo because the scene or whatever's happening, it can get altered or maybe they're having a conversation. You can't break up the conversation, you know? <sighs> and sometimes I'll like, I'll take the photo and then I'll like do a little thumbs up or something. If they catch me, like <laughs> it's like a friendly, like, Hey, yeah, yeah, I did that. And you know, I don't want to sneak it. Like I did it. I did it. I'm smiling about it. So, all right, keep it moving. You know, that's kind of been the way it's been going. Um, yeah. do, do, do people ever like when you say hey i want to take your photo and you whether you take it or or like do they ever say aside from you saying that you're a photographer do they ever ask you about why you're doing it or like your camera oh, yeah. choice sometimes or any of that sort know. of stuff yeah sometimes they definitely want to get into like what are you doing it for like you know there's mm-hmm. a level of um you know i don't want to say worry just ca- ca- caution which is mm-hmm. i understand i get it i mean you don't know me so um, you get some of that, um, asking other, other photographers normally like to talk about like camera gear and stuff like that. Um, and I never, I'm always bad at that. I'm really bad. Like I, I'm just not good at remembering stuff like that. I have a weird memory time and camera equipment labels. I don't really remember. So you can't, I'm really horrible. If you said, what did you do yesterday? I don't know. Or like, <laughs> what time was this? I don't know. I have to write all these things down. Um, but you know, most people sometimes, and sometimes I get straight up nose, you know, sometimes I've had, it's very rare, but sometimes I've had adverse moments where I took a photo and I couldn't have asked, but they got really angry at me and I apologize. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it just, it's just a part of the game. It just comes with it, you know, and I think the more you get um familiarized with it through reps, you know, the more you kind of just, you don't take it so personally because you do understand it's not about you. 
you know like you are taking photos of other people like they have a right to their privacy they have a right to get pissed off at you they have a right to ask you questions because you're going to walk away if you get something good you know you're going to use that and that could be something that can change your career maybe or put into a book Mm -hmm. so it's like having that respect and understanding like yo it's not about me and i think that's a a good approach so what actually inspires you? Like what makes you keep getting up every day and getting your camera and getting out there and taking photos? Mm, I think, um, great question. I think it, it goes into the, 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 the part about me not feeling like I had a voice when I was younger and yep. you know, the, 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 the process of figuring that out, I find that I get really excited when I come up with a concept that I want to investigate. Like, when I, cause I kind of, I, I kind of write a lot. I visualize, I draw like to try to help me come up with topics or something that moves me. Cause in the beginning, when I started just doing street photography, it was kind of like, yeah, you just walk, I go to countries or whatever. And I'm taking photos is whatever comes, comes. Um, and then when black astronaut was being created, that was obviously a way more thought out way more. Um, I knew what I was looking for when I was in it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so with this next project and projects that I do moving forward, I'm always kind of like, before I take a photo, I already write everything out, already draw everything Mm -hmm. out, already kind of like see where I'm trying to go because, um, it tends to, you know, it, it just feels good. It just gives me a roadmap and it reminds me again, like I'm a creative person. I can like it I just enjoy that process. Similar like I'm sure you love having conversations. I love having conversations. It's like a high, especially when you're connecting in a good way, like you're getting somewhere, you know, and, yeah. and the vibes are right. I kind of feel the same energy when I'm like creating. Like when I'm in my lab or my studio and I'm like got the music in the background and I'm like drawing, I'm looking at photography books and I'm going on YouTube videos quickly to get some inspiration or see what's going on in fashion or whatever I'm trying to do. It's like, wow, like the world is at my fingertips. And then once I've picked something, it's like, okay. And I, and I, and I vet it really well, like make sure I'm really moved. And it's like, okay, mission accepted. Let's roll. And it just, it just feels really good. Honestly, it does. It's better than feeling trapped and doing things because you're trying to fit in or things that just aren't in your skill set. even, you know, just that's what I was well, used to doing. I, w- I would say you found your voice and so you're not going to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. Definitely not. They will never <laughs> shut me up again. <laughs> I guarantee you. Oh yeah, it's gonna be like this for a while. <laughs> they, they're gonna they're gonna regret ever keeping you quiet. <laughs> oh yeah, they will. Oh yeah, they will. And it's funny because I'm at the same time I can be so shy. Like my mm-hmm. personality is very. It's it has extremes. I have extremes to my personality. So there's people that know me as a very out there, out like just you know, life at a party. And then there's some people, you know, they see me as like, you're so quiet and so together and (laughs) serious. I'm like, I'm the silliest person you'll ever meet. But it's like, you know, it's just certain parts of my personality. So I guess, you know, yeah, I'm not shutting up. But, you know, if you see a quiet (laughs) side of me, don't take it personally. (laughs) Don't take it personally, for sure. If we, if we step back to, Black astronaut for a sec. What is the process like of actually having a book published? Because it's one thing, mm. 
It's one thing to decide, you know, this is the project I'm doing and then to get partway mm. through it and decide, yep, okay, I actually think this could be turned into a book. But then you've mm. got to make that happen. So what's that like? All right. So this is the one one of the few, like the pandemic helped my career so much because I got the opportunity because, you know, everybody was locked up in the house, not locked in in the house. And mm-hmm. you had some of the greatest photographers in my eyes, videographers, directors, all on Instagram going on live because you had nothing else to do all day. And you could just <laughs> literally hear like your favorite photographer on live. Like you can talk to them in real time. It's like how difficult. There's no other, these people I would never be able to ask questions like, how do you get published? Yeah. How did you get started? How did you, and they're just giving all the game out. Like I was just up all day and night trying to see who was on live and get as much information as possible. Um, and I remember one of the things that someone said, kind of like, as I kind of like put it all together, I basically got the notion that you need to put yourself out there. You need to be sending emails. You need to be like, you know, creating something good first, obviously, but then, you know, really pushing it because no one's coming to find you. And mm-hmm. if it's good, it will, you will get somewhere if it's good. That's what everyone kept saying. First, make something good, then go full throttle at getting this thing out there and make sure you're your biggest cheerleader. So for me, my route was definitely, again, the tunnel vision of making sure the work was good and like, you know, studying the game, learning, buying photo book at the photo book, just seeing like who did what they did before me and how did that work? And that helping me kind of carve my vision and my lens or my voice in photography anyway. And you know, once I got the the idea and I also knew I needed to come with something attractive, you know, like that's why another mm-hmm. reason why I came up with Black Astronaut versus calling it, you know, America Crisis, because I wanted something that was going to like be like, oh, what is this versus, OK, another another civil rights book. I didn't want any of that kind of um, look anyone to see my project in that way. Um and it's the chance you take, though, back to the algorithm talk. Like, there is a chance. It could be looking at you like, what, Black Astronaut? What are you talking about? This doesn't make any sense. Mm. Scrapped, you know. But I kind of leaned all the way in unapologetically. And I probably sent out over 100 proposals, you know, doing research, finding, finding, um, you know, going to Bar- not well, going to Barnes & Noble's site and seeing the books that they had online and then seeing who the publisher was and seeing which books made sense that looked like they would be more my style and like mm-hmm. researching who's a part of it and who to email, like all that um, background work I did. And to my surprise, I got a lot of responses. Like, I want to say, I mean, you get a lot of no's and nothings and crickets, but I got, I would say about maybe 12 responses and I want to say about like, no, maybe like 15 responses. I want to say seven, a good, uh, just no's, but they were like, like, no, we can't do it. And then there was another bunch that was like, yo, I we can't do this, but I really love the concept. This is amazing. Mm-hmm. If we didn't have, if we weren't booked up. I would we would go with you type stuff and that was very um helpful um and dope because that taught me okay I think I'm onto something in terms of you know leaning into my truth and not being afraid to be different um and then I got about I think four no about five yeses um and I ultimately choose carpet bombing culture in the UK um because 
they were offering the best situation for me and I appreciate the stuff they were doing. And the, the owner of the company, he had the best conversation. I felt very comfortable with him, Gary. And I was like, okay, I'm rolling with you, you know? And, um, that's how I, my whole process, but it's a lot of hard work, a lot of, um, and making sure your proposal is really, really good. You know, asking around, going online tutorials, you know, running it by people, seeing if people like it, just, you know, they don't have to necessarily accept it, but just see the reactions you get when you send that, give it to people you trust, you know, mm-hmm. and I got a lot of like, oh, okay, you can see the lights and the heads lighting up. And I'm like, okay, I'm on to something. So that was my process. And I think there's other processes, but from a person outside the industry that's trying to make its way, his way in it, um, that's how I went. Just cold call and, and pushing it, you know? Yeah. So, so what's next? Like, obviously, I mean, it's probably a little bit, bit tricky to talk about because Black, Black Astronaut has literally just been published, just been released. So you're still on the high yeah. of that and all the excitement. Yeah. But what's the next project for you, do you think? Um, yeah, I've, I started it about four months ago, which is cool. Um, I can't say everything about it because people be still in. And, but, but, um, <laughs> uh, I can say this. Um, it has to do with travel. Um, it's there's this conversation um you know culture is very is very infectious and very important and mm-hmm. i think because of the way the world is changing because of the internet from a more positive standpoint um people have access to things they never had access to before so you can go to different places and see things like 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 that you find at home and it'll be in another country like, oh, wow, they do this too. Or they wear this brand mm-hmm. also. Or they listen to the same music. Whereas years ago, that would it would never be that way. So I think there's a conversation to be had about that. And that's as most as I'm going to talk about it. Um, but I'm yep, really excited okay. about it. And um, I think it's going to I'm, – I'm just very, very excited about it because it's, it's like – it's re- it's going to require a different level of me that I didn't mm. use in the other two projects. Um, and that's as an artist, that's all you kind of want is that challenge, you know, and pushing it. And I think this will definitely be way more into the, well, let me not say it like that, but it'll be way more. I don't want to use that word. I'll just say, I'll just say this. I think it's going to be a unique, it's going to be very unique from the other two projects. I'll say that. I mean, I'm really yeah. excited about it. Mm-hmm. So let's let's talk now about inspiring others. So let's say, you know, some people are listening, someone's listened and they're like, you know what, I really like the sound of what he's doing. I feel like he felt when I was a child I had that same thing and I still haven't found my calling. Maybe, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe I can drag out my old camera that I haven't used for five years or gosh, they might even just get the, their phone camera. Like, honestly, there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that. But somebody might now be inspired to sort of start documenting their world with a camera. What sort of tips, what suggestions, what ideas can you throw at somebody to, to help them not just take that first photo, but if it, if it feels right for them to keep going? Definitely um, just start where you are. Like, it's a process. It's such a, it's such a process. It's a long, grueling process too. Um, but you have to learn to love it. You know, like mm-hmm. you have to, to get good. I think at photography, 
decent anyway. Like you got to learn to love the process. If you don't love that process or learn to love it anyway, it's going to really shorthand you because it takes a lot of work. It takes constant, like taking pictures over and over again, missing, 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 focus off, lighting off. Like you always going to find something off and it's like, you got to do it again, do it again, do it again, do it again. And there's people that really shoot every day. And that can be very um, intimidating, I think, for someone starting out. Um, but it's also important to understand so you can at least understand what people are doing. So you can compare that to yourself and say, well, if people are moving like that, what am I doing to at least I might not have to shoot every day, but what am I doing that puts me in the conversation in terms of I'm giving my all, I'm giving my effort, I'm really um, trying to expand. And sometimes that can be going backwards, not just going forwards, going backwards, meaning how many when's the last photography book you bought like how who's Mm -hmm. your favorite list of photographers like have you researched them how did you see how they started did you see like what their greatest series are are you following you know the awards that go down every year and seeing who those new and upcoming photographers are like there's just so many ways to get inspired um and i think it can also elevate your craft and i think sometimes i think a lot of photographers gets way too caught up in the gear. Obviously I'm a victim of that in the beginning um, or maybe in the middle, not in the beginning because the beginning I had just one camera, but then I got like crazy with like, Oh, I want this lens, that lens, that lens. And it doesn't matter. You know, no, no publisher that I reached out to said, well, what camera did you use? Like, they didn't care. They just wanted a good a photo that it works, you know? So I think um, starting where you are, but realizing that, each step is very important and don't rush it. But if you just keep taking one step at a time, one new book at a time, one camera, whether it's a photo, a photo, if it's a real camera or if it's an iPhone, if it's a film camera, whatever medium you want to use, just start getting used to doing that. And I think you'll naturally start as you follow your curiosity and sometimes even seeing what you've been shooting, you'll start to notice like, mm-hmm. oh, I've noticed I always do a lot of that. I take a lot of nature photos, you know, or I take a lot of pictures with my friends smiling. I watch, I, you know, it, you'll figure out what like pulls you and you feel something and just like trust it. Cause again, like my story, I'm self-taught. I'm definitely not in the industry. I, I guess I made my way into it from the outside looking in. So I, I completely understand. Well, I understand. I know that anything is possible. And sometimes it actually is a strength when you kind of started not traditionally because you Mm -hmm. have more story you have more outlook from different spaces and live life that you might be able to bring into your craft that might be the difference you never know you never know well i think i do think i I was going to wrap it up but now i'm like my brain is just fired off in a million directions let's go let's go (laughs) i think i think it's incredibly important what you're saying about looking at other photographers work whether that's through books or or whatever because like for you if we look at your case so Mm -hmm. you've looked at other civil rights books you've looked at other photographers in the documentary field and what they're doing and Mm -hmm. you've had you've learnt from them but you've also seen what wasn't there and now you've Mm -hmm. produced that with your work and I think people can't make I don't know that you can necessarily get to that without looking at what others are doing and seeing mm. a gap. You might not, your brain might not go, oh, I see a gap in this mm. whatever subject. Yeah. But yeah. unconsciously, deep down, there's a part of you that's going, yeah, look, this is missing and I think I can fill that gap. 
And that's something you've mm. done. And I think that's a lot of people do that once they, like you've got to look at others' work to see what's missing, if that makes sense. That makes uh, complete sense, and I'm I'm happy that we're you 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 added that because that that's it. And I think that was honestly the thing that changed my career the most, like doing the research, like mm. like before. And I think that again, what I said earlier about like you know I visualize, I draw, I do so much stuff before I even pick up the camera. And I think I've just learned from my process. It helps me tremendously. Helps me see better when I'm in the field. And I think the same thing goes with the history context of it and, you know, finding who you're, whatever medium you're using, like, who are the people you look up to and like, look at who they looked up to. So if you like somebody right now, say you like Kamal X, whatever, I would say, I wonder who's Kamal, who he gets inspired by, though. Like, what's his Mm -hmm. favorite book? Um, Subway Mm -hmm. by Bruce Davison. Amazing. You know, please check that book out. So, for example, and then if you see that, you can kind of see the trail and you know, where the inspirations come from. And then I think that helps people find their voice. And it's, it's just, yeah, it's, it's an important part of the process. And that's not taught enough to take a step back, go backwards to go forwards. Yeah. Or maybe sideways. Maybe you're so, going oh, sideways. Oh, all of it. Trust me. Cause I'm sideways <laughs> for sure. I'm, I'm, I'm everywhere. I'm, <laughs> I am <laughs> everywhere. So I, <laughs> I agree. Whatever direction you're getting pulled, there's a balance to it, you know? So find that balance for sure. Yeah. Um, this conversation has left me so inspired. I've got a million chores to do and I don't want to do any of them. I just <laughs> want to get my camera and head out there. <laughs> nice. Kamal, thank you nice. so much for taking time. I, I really appreciate this. Where where's the best people to find you online? Um the best I appreciate this too. This is an awesome, beautiful conversation, especially my love for Australia is is deep, so I'm really happy about that too. Um but the best way to catch me is probably Instagram. Um my mm-hmm. Instagram name is I am Kamal K-A-M-A-L-X. Um, and all my links are on there. My book is available on Amazon, like worldwide. So if you search black astronaut, Kamal X, it pops up. You'll see me with a, a astronaut suit with a big yellow X on the cover. <laughs> Can't miss it. And then if you in my website is I am Kamal dot com. So please Fantastic. feel free to reach out, support. Um, we truly are in this together. And I, I'm definitely a very open person to connecting and just vibing out and just, you know, helping out if that's necessary or just taking in any receiving any compliments or love or suggestions, anything I'm here, you know. Love it, man. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking time. Mm -hmm. Me too. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I really loved it. Hi, Art Supply Posse. Would you be interested in making a one-off payment to support us? In return, you'd be helping to keep the podcast going and would also get access to our bonus episodes. Let me know what you think via kim at artsupplyposse.com or via Instagram.